Um, so I want to introduce my friend Cheryl to the 7th and 9th graders. I have known Cheryl for, man, so many years. Our kids were little growing up together, and uh, now they're adults, which is really cool. Uh, but I can tell you that Cheryl was one of the founders of Family Fest. She got this thing started uh, way back in 1997, which is on those shirts. Um, she was also one of the leaders for the 7th and 9th grade program. She put that together. Uh, so she is, you know doing this, and she used to teach 7th to 9th grade, too, I think, right? No. No, you were that's high, high school. school. High school. Well, that's right. Yeah. You had a, you <laughs> I, had tr I tried. Grade I tried. Role, I did. I did. <laughs> anyway, would you help me welcome Cheryl Moran to Thanks. I want Mary Lanker and Lynn Larson to stand up. Mary and Lynn. So we planned the junior high program for the first ever junior hires, and we had Maddie Lanker, you can stand up, Brian Lanker, Katie Peterson, Maddie McGill, sorry, Katie Moran Peterson, and Dan Larson were our first junior high class, and here they are. So it's great to have you all with us. Um, we have a lot to learn from you. And when I was 20, I did an experience called Teen Missions. And I was with a group of, I think, 25 of us. And we were between the ages of 13 and 22. I was 20. And um, I learned to pray when I was on Teen Missions. We were supposed to pray for a half hour a day. And I thought, oh, I don't know how to pray for a half hour a day. And Kathy, who was a junior high kid, young adult, <laughs> came up to me and she said, you know, if you don't know how to pray, why don't you just open the Bible to Psalm 139 and start there? And that has been one of my favorite psalms of all times, and we're going to pray that right now to get started. So let's pray. Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I stand. You understand my thoughts from afar. Where can I go from your spirit? From your presence, where can I flee? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn and dwell beyond the sea, even there your hand guides me and your right hand holds me fast. You formed my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my very self you know. Lord, you have searched us and you know us, and you did knit us together in our mother's wombs, and we are wonderfully made. And there is nowhere we can go where you are not present. And so during our time together, we just ask that you open our hearts to see where you are in our lives. Lord, I know that you have a word for each and every heart here, no matter how young or how old. And so we ask that you just help our whole, the Holy Spirit within us to hear the word that you have for us today. In your precious name we pray, amen. So a couple of weeks ago, Danny and I, Danny's my husband, we had a rare night off. And I said, let's go to a movie. So... Uh, I knew that Indiana Jones was just out and Mission Impossible 5 was just out. So I thought, let's go to one of those. So being old, we made our decision based upon when we could get home earliest so we could go to bed. 
And so we went to Indiana Jones. So I didn't want to miss any of the movies, so I stopped in the bathroom on the way to the theater, and I'm in the bathroom, and the sinks are shaking, and the toilet stalls are shaking, and the paper towels are shaking, because Mission Impossible is playing in the IMAX theater right next to the bathroom. <laughs> and I thought, we made the right decision. <laughs> because as much as I love the idea of 3D movies, they make me sick. I just cannot do them. I've tried, and I've tried, and I've tried, and I always get sick. So I thought, I can save 20 bucks and three hours of nausea if I just skip it. So I will wait till Mission Impossible Possible comes out on Amazon Prime, and I will watch it at my home. But we went and watched Indiana Jones. It was fair. Mission Impossible was probably much better, but at least I wasn't sick. So I, I wondered, why does this happen? Why do I get sick at the 3D movie theater? And it's happened in my whole life, as far as I can remember. And I read an article, and they said there are certain people that when they go to a 3D movie theater, or I know now, if I put on a virtual reality headset, we get car sick, motion sick. And the reason is, I'm trying to find a place to put my feet. I'm trying to plant myself, and there isn't a place because I'm living in this virtual world. So my brain is like tr just working so hard to locate myself in space that I get sick. So that's why I don't go to movie theaters. But just like we want to locate ourselves in space, we're people that live on a planet, we live in space, we also want to locate ourselves spiritually. We, I think you've been asking the same questions we have. We've got covered who, what, and when. So now we're going to cover where. Where? We're going to talk about where. Where do we encounter God? About 10 years ago, I was talking to an elderly friend, and in our course of our conversation, he said, I wish I would have dot, 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 and he shared this big regret from his life. And, and I listened, and I, I was sad. He's a wonderful human being, has had a great life. But after I went home after that conversation, I thought to myself, how can I live my life now so that when I am in my 70s or 80s, which are now coming <laughs> rather quickly, uh, I don't say, I wish I would have dot, dot, dot. I want to live intentionally. And one of the ways that I try to live intentionally is by asking those good questions, because I want to make sure that I'm living life in the way that I was created to live that life. Um, and so what I thought after I had talked to him is important for me is I need to know where I'm going. What is my destina dis destination? You know, your whole lives you probably live with GPSs, right? What do you need to know on your GPS? What do you plug in? Final destination and where you are now. So we need to know where we're going. And then we can choose a number of paths to get there. I was talking to this young woman who was um, praying with the, the, uh, the prayer of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost sheep, where the shepherd picks up the sheep. And in this prayer, Jesus picked her up, and, and he was holding her, and he said to her, well, where do you want to go? And she was just shocked. She's like, oh, I, I can choose where I want to go? He's like, well, yeah, you can, where do you want to go? Because he had her, and he knew what the final destination was. She could choose the path that she was going to go. So the most important thing for us to decide is where do we want to go? And then we back up our lives from there and say, okay, this is what I need to do to get there. 
And I think God has that kind of mindset for us all along, that we live in this world, but this world is not our final destination. Our final destination is heaven. And so we need to see ourselves kind of as pilgrims on this path because we're going to end up in another place in our eternal destiny. And I think God planned this because we see from the very beginning the people in the Bible are living in tents. God told Abraham, who was a very old man, I want you to pack up everything you own and go where I send you. Everything. And this guy was a rich man. He had camels and servants and family and everything. And he packed up everything and just took off. He didn't say, give me the final destination. He just followed God. He trusted God to lead him where he needed to go. And from that point on, for many, many generations, the Israelites lived in tents. I love St. Paul's words to the Second Corinthians. He says, For we know that if our earthly dwelling, a tent, should be destroyed, we have a building from God, a dwelling not made with hands, eternal in heaven. For in this tent right here on earth we groan because we long to be further clothed with our heavenly habitation. So we're longing for heaven. That's where we're meant to live. But we're going to live on this earth. And this earth is good. It's a good place. It's a beautiful place with beautiful people that we get to share our journey with. But we want to live our time on earth knowing that we're headed to a certain place. Um, I have told the adults that I went on this retreat with this elderly priest, and he gave me all these words of wisdom. And one of the things he said to me, joking, he said, well, I may be going the wrong way, but at least I'm making great time. <laughs> that is our only pitfall. We just don't want to be going the wrong way. We can take a lot of different paths to get to the place we're going. We just don't want to be going the right or the wrong way. So how do we know what are, the, what are some pitfalls in going in the wrong direction? Well, just like this, this old friend of mine said, I wish I would have, I was um, with a group of young women, and one of them said she caught herself spending hours and hours and hours a day doing this. And, she, and, and all of a sudden, she woke up and she said, I don't want to go in the direction that this is taking me. She doesn't want to spend her life scrolling on a phone. Many years ago, I heard someone talk about entertainment, and entertainment can be a good thing, but the word entertainment literally means enter is between and tain is hold. It's holding between. It's like when we're being entertained, we're not really living life. Now, I need entertainment from time to time to just relax. Like going to the movie was great. It wasn't a great movie, but it was, it was a great break. But if I went to a movie every night, or if I binge-watched TV forever, or for me, I, I get in a rut and get addicted really easily, so I don't have any games on my phone. I love solitaire. I make myself deal out the cards, even spider solitaire with like two decks, because it's painful. And so I'm not going to do it all that long, I, because I know that I could waste, I could be held between living if I let myself get stuck in that rut. I looked up virtual. <laughs> I was like, we're talking all, we have all this new technology for virtual reality. Virtual is like close to the truth, but a lie. It's not real life. It's virtual life. And it can be a trap. Now, it can be fun. It can be a little bit of entertainment. It can be a good thing. But we really have to be careful with how we use it. 
And so we combat being trapped in entertainment or virtual reality by being virtuous, by using our virtue. And there are four main virtues called the cardinal virtues, and they are what help us stay on track. One is prudent. It just means be smart, be wise. When you're doing something, take time to say, is this a good decision or a bad decision? Another virtue is temperance. Just make sure you just don't, what does Paul Conley say? Everything in moderation often. <laughs> just, you know, be moderate. Take time and say, I'm going to do this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself an hour to do this. I'm not going to do it the rest of the evening. Another thing is justice. Is what I'm doing good for others? Or is it harmful to others? And finally, fortitude. You just have to be strong sometimes. Like, it, I did not want to delete all those games from my app or from my phone, but I thought... I just have to do it. I have to take the step and be courageous and do this because I don't want to spend this time wasted playing silly games. There is a man called Saint Ignatius who was born in 1491, and he's probably one of the best known people in discernment. Discernment's like making really good decisions. And Saint Ignatius was this man in Spain, and he was really wealthy, and he was heroic, and he spent so much of his life fantasizing about being a hero. He had written journals about being this heroic guy and he was going to save the queen and he was going to go to battle and lead his people to victory. And he was in a war and when he was in the war, he got hit by a cannonball. And so his uh, leg healed crooked and because in that day, they wore tights. He was very embarrassed and said, this won't do for a nobleman. So he had them re-break his leg so they could set it again so he would look more handsome in his tights. And uh, while he was recovering the second time, he wanted some romantic novels to read because he loved to fantasize about those things. And the only thing they had was the life of Christ and the life of the saints. And he was so mad, but he was bored, so he said, okay, I guess I'll read these. So he started reading them, and as he was reading them, it says his eyes were opened just a little because we've got, we've got all his journals. His eyes were open just a little. And he said what he realized was when he read romance novels and all these heroic things and he fantasized about being a hero in the world, it was fun while he was doing it, but with the moment he stopped, he felt really empty. And like, well, that's kind of... He didn't, he didn't have anything afterwards. He just felt kind of... He felt desolation. But when he read The Lives of the Saints or The Life of Christ... He was really edified as he was reading it. And then afterwards, he felt really encouraged. And he's like, well, why can't I be a saint? Why can't I be like St. Francis? Why can't I do these heroic things? And he was really encouraged and he was really consoled. And so he wrote a whole bunch of, of exercises and rules to help us discern, like, am I in consolation or am I in desolation? Am I making a good decision or am I making a bad decision? And actually, the way that I've been leading the adults in prayer is his form of prayer. It's praying with scripture and leading and praying and learning how to be with Christ in the, in the prayer. So the most important thing that we can do, and I'm speaking to all the adults and to all of you as well, the most important thing we can do is pray every day.
every day. If you miss a day, don't beat yourself up. Just start anew the next day. It doesn't have to be long. Start with 5, 10, 15 minutes. But if you pray every day, that's giving yourself the time to let God lead you on your journey. We need to let him be our guide. We need to let him be the GPS for us. He knows our final destination. He knows our ultimate good, and that's what he wants for us. And if we don't take that time, we could be going really fast in the wrong direction. So we have to do that. And I'm telling you, especially you young people in the front, that would be a heroic, heroic undertaking to say, I'm going to pray for 15 minutes a day. There's not a lot of people in the world that can say they do that. But I guarantee you, it will change your life. It will change your life. I think it's important, I, I just talked about beating yourself up. That's a really easy thing to do, and it's not good. God doesn't want us to do that. When we beat ourselves up, when we say, oh my gosh, I went the wrong way, it's hopeless, I'm such a loser, blah, blah, blah. No. That's, that's actually sin, because it's saying, I'm too good to sin. No. None of us are too good not to sin. We're going to sin. What he wants us to do is to go to him, confess it, and pick up and start again. But what happens is, let's say we're on our journey and we're here and we're growing in faith and we're growing, we're just growing in many good ways and then we fall and we, we goof up. So now we're down here. We don't start from here. We bring it to him, we confess it, now we're back up and we pick up there and we keep going on. Whoops, we fell. Confess it, pick up, keep moving on. That's what recalculating is like in the adult or in the spiritual life. When I was starting work, working on this talk, probably before the movie, I, I was just really frustrated. I'm like, this just is, there's something missing, Lord. I don't know what it is, but it's really bugging me. And so I just stopped that night. I went to bed. And when I woke up, the Lord's like, you're asking the wrong question. Or you're asking the right question, but in the wrong way. He said, when you, you're talking about where you're going, it's not about a, a place, it's about a person. I want you, where I want you is with me. And it, it was beautiful, because we, we were at Mass last week, and the whole homily was about that. The, whole, the priest kept saying over and over again, heaven is a place, but it's more than that, it's a person. Where we are supposed to be is with the Lord. And the way that I want to think about that is that we have a place where we belong. And if you look, take any moment of time and you look at your life, you know that within each of us there is this great desire to belong. And it starts at a very, very young age. Our grandson, John Jay, is one. And a couple months ago, uh, we, were, we were babysitting, and Katie and Will left, and he went over to the baby gate, to the door where they were walking out, and he went to the gate, and he just went, <laughs> he sobbed and sobbed, and I'm like, what am I, chopped liver? I'm like, I'm grandma. <laughs> but he know, knew at that moment, that it was so important to him that he belonged to his mom and his dad. He had that deep 
awareness that he belonged to them. That is built within us because, as St. Augustine said, this is a man that lived in the 300s. He said, our Lord, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. I don't care who you are in this room, if your heart is not resting in God, you will be restless. Until our hearts rest in him. Whenever we let our hearts not be resting in him, we are going to find that we are restless because we belong to him. So we have this great desire to belong, and so it's really hard when we are left out. Um, you, I think, and when I look back at my life, that, that struggle was probably the biggest when I was your age. But I still do experience it now. And uh, <laughs> uh, there's a great priest that I was talking, where's David? David's there, yeah. David works with him, and uh, he had taken this new assignment, and the old priest had invited him to meet the staff. So father goes in, and he's sitting with the staff, and the staff is like, they're having lunch. And the table where he was, the people were all real uncomfortable. They didn't know what to say to him, so they ignored him. So they're all over here, like, talking around him, just like pretending he doesn't exist. And there's no one who's more confident in who he is and who he is in the Lord than Father Peter. But he's sitting there, he's like, well, this is kind of awkward. He's like, oh, I don't know. So they were having this Asian lunch, so he opens the fortune cookie, and it says, just be yourself. You are wonderful. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I thought, if even Father Peter can feel like he doesn't belong once in a while, you know, it, it happens. I had an example in my own life a couple weeks ago, and again, it's with none of you here. But I, I was in a situation where I was left out. And I'm telling you, I, it wasn't anything intentional. It just was, I just wasn't included. You know, you can't invite everybody all the time, and I just wasn't invited to this situation. And, um, and yet it really hurt. I'm like, well, gosh, this hurts. So... I said, well, I guess I need to bring this to the Lord in prayer. So I started to pray, and the Lord said, yeah, it does hurt. He said, and while you're feeling this hurt right now, when you know what this feels like, come and be with me on the cross, because I know what that feels like. And so I was able to pray and picture Jesus on the cross and picture him being whipped and scourged and rejected and really intensely feel those feelings. And then I realized that because he was going through that, you know, and I'm experiencing what he's going through that, he did that so that I have a place in him. He was rejected because he doesn't want me to ever be rejected. He wants me always to have a place where I belong, and that is that place with him. And then the other thing that came after I was experienced that time of prayer with him is that it made me aware of when am I maybe excluding others? When is, when is, when is someone around me feeling left out? And I thought, I can be that vessel I can be Jesus. I can be someone that can give someone a place to belong. 
So I just felt like that was a really important movement in my heart to say, yes, I belong to Jesus. It hurts when I don't belong. How can I then take this awareness that I have and help other people to feel like they belong and that they aren't left out? It kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier with forgiveness. You know, it's like my change of heart. If I, for, if I don't forgive another person, then that, it's like me drinking poison and hoping they die. If I don't worry about what else, you know, if I can help someone else realize that they belong, then I also have a place that I'm belonging with them. So sometimes it's like if we turn in on ourselves, actually sin is a way of defi defining sin is like turning in on oneself and just being so self-absorbed that you're not going out and, and bringing Jesus to others. So if I can go out and make others feel like they belong, if I can go out and forgive, if I can go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus, then I'm going to experience that same place of belonging. John 17, 3 says, now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. This is eternal life. This is heaven. Again, yes, heaven is a place, but it is more than that. It is knowing Jesus Christ. It is knowing the only true God. And that means we have heaven here and now. We can be with Jesus here and now. Heaven starts now. There's always more. He's always inviting us deeper. And the more that we are longing for, we realize that we are longing for him and he is longing for us. And that's our sense of belonging. That's what belonging is all about. I long for him and he longs for me. So we have been taking time to pray during our sessions together because what I say is just meant to stir your hearts so that you can hear what God wants to say to you. So we're going to hand out some, some Bible verses for you to pray. And what I'm going to do is, for, I'm telling the people who haven't been with us before, I'm just going to give you a few little guidelines as we're praying. There's going to be, I'll show you what it looks like. So they look like this. And on the inside here are three different Bible verses. One is Psalm 139 that we prayed with at the beginning. One is John 14 that says, um, where Jesus says, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you and come back and take you to myself. And the third one is John 15, which says, remain in me as I remain in you. So uh, you can pick whichever one you like best. Do you need one? Can you get, Nick, can you get some over here? We want to make sure that everybody has one of these to pray with. We're going to just have some soft music playing in the background, and then I'm just going to lead you in prayer, but then you can just use these verses to read as you're praying. This is, this is God speaking to you. I, I told the adults earlier that the Bible is God's living word, which means just as he spoke in the Bible to people back, he speaks to us in the same way, using those same words. He'll speak to your heart as well. So we're going to just use these verses to pray. Pick one, and um, we'll begin. Let's pray. Lord, we begin by always remembering that we are in your presence. And so we place ourselves before you and we picture you looking at us with love. We know that you want us to be with you. 
that you are where we want to be. You are the one to whom we belong because you are longing for us. So we're just going to take a moment and just picture you looking at us with love, inviting us to be with you. And now we're going to take a moment and we're going to really look at our own lives. We're going to look at our hearts and acknowledge what's in our hearts. What are our thoughts? What are our feelings? What are our desires? Is there anything that we're excited about? Is there anything that we fear? Is there anything that brings us joy or sorrow? Amen.